recorded live in Golden Ox Studios. Welcome to another episode of Friday Late Show. This is a podcast about bombing because everyone does it. This episode is brought to you in part by DelightCafe.com. Calm and balance. Hemp CBD dietary supplement has all the natural properties without the high of feeling of THC. I use it all the time, so I'm so calm. And as you see me early without my CBD supplement, I put it in my coffee on some mornings. I've even mixed it with ketchup and ate fries with it. Uh, great feeling without the high of marijuana or THC. Go to delightcafe.com and also save 10% by entering the promo code BRUTON. B-R-U-T-O-N. My last name is the promo code. B-R-U-T-O-N for 10% off at delightcafe.com. Also, I'd like to give a big shout out to silentfortuneapparel.com. It's a new streetwear brand I've been rocking. Uh, They have sweatshirts and hoodies I wear a lot. And they have t-shirts available on the website, silentfortuneapparel.com. The brand is dope as hell. Uh, It stands for Silent Hustle and Quiet Grind. That's Silent Fortune. Uh, Also follow them on Instagram, Silent Fortune Mafia. And SilentFortuneApparel.com gave me a promo code. It's Bruton. It's B-R-U-T-O-N. Enter that for 10% off on your purchase. Let you check out. Uh, Rock that new sweatshirt. Even tag me in it if you want. Or also tag Silent Fortune Mafia on Instagram. Um, You know, check them out. And now enjoy the show. On this episode of Friday Late Show, I had a conversation with a, a, not really a new and up and coming comic, but he's new to the scene. Uh, His name is John Armstrong. Uh, He's a regular at the Cleveland Improv, very funny guy. Um, We talked about a lot of bar show uh, bombs, which are really the best in the beginning. Uh, Those are some of my favorites, where a guy doesn't know how bad the show is already and he's still putting his heart into it. Uh, We talked about a lot of those. And like what he wants to do next in comedy, that next level, because that's what we all chasing anyway. So it was a really fun episode to talk about comedy and listen about comedy because you're doing right now. Uh, check it out. Let me know what you think. Welcome to another episode of Friday Late Show by John Bruton, uh, the podcast about bombing because everybody does it. Um, this week's host uh, was very special because he stuck around. Um, I was late today because I overslept because I'm getting older and I can't sit down too long. I'd like to welcome everybody for the very patient and funny, John Armstrong. Yo, yo, yeah, and uh, don't let him fuck with y'all with age. I'm older, and I actually made it here, even though I did fall asleep before I got here, too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, once you start sitting down after, like, I think 34, 33 is when naps start becoming a fucking oh, yeah, pastime yeah. for you. Yeah. You're like, man, I can't wait to sit down and get a nap in. Half of it was the weed. I can't lie, though. Oh, yeah, that happens, yeah. too. Yeah, half of it was that. <laughs> I woke up with that late to school feeling like I know I'm late for something. Mm. And that's why I stayed up. <laughs> I've done that so many times where I like woke up in the middle of the day after a nap. And like, I got to do something, but I don't know what I have to do. 
Your brain telling you something. You already mm-hmm. know. You get that internal clock. You don't even need the fucking time. Then you start like realizing that you missed the shit you needed to do. <laughs> but and that's how CPT was invented. <laughs> yeah, it blamed us for everything. Uh, yeah. By the way, John Armstrong's a comedian. In case you didn't know, this podcast is only have have comedians on it. Uh, he's a comedian in Cleveland. Uh, how many years you been doing it? We rounding four in uh, in April this year. That's it. Yeah. Shit, you yeah. got you done a lot in four years. Yeah, got a lot of catching up to do, man. I'm I don't old. know. Forty, man. I should have I should have fifteen, twenty years under my belt. That's not true. This isn't like football where you have to start in your twenties. Oh, I, I know as far as longevity, it's not like a boxer or you know football. I ain't gonna get punched out, but I yeah. mean at least to have the the shit under your belt. You know what I mean? Because you need to be able to come with it at different type of stages and I'm I'm decent but I'm you know I'm in uh, Cleveland too I gotta you gotta branch out you gotta see other stages and shit so yeah. I know uh, I don't know I think age you you cover more or more ground that way because when you're young and you, you you're a comic your ambition sometimes might blind you on the room yeah especially like these new think about a 24 year old kid right now he's his social skills are trash, for one. Most of these guys, they come from a weird background. Trying, some, you gotta be some of them ain't bad. Some of them ain't bad. But I, I think that's like the average. You got your 2 to 5% who fucking yeah, all like, of them. And then you got yeah, the average. other 95% who playing catch-up. Yeah, they're not really pushing themselves. They're just trying to find a, a community of weirdos that's going to justify their shit. <laughs> Like-minded geeks. Yeah, it's like they're trying to find another um, D&D or magic game yeah. as adults. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of them do that, and then by the time they get really good, they're thirty-five. So it's like it's not like you really missed. Yeah, well, you I guess yeah, you growing and your comedy's growing with you. I was uh, saying that before uh, to somebody that I think that has helped my learning curve. Is I mean, I got kids, mm-hmm. you know, I got my I me, mean, my son is eighteen, you know what I'm saying. So you got them stories, and you got that you're learning arc is at a different place so you can approach stuff in a different way so what'd you do before comedy same shit I'm besides doing. have kids <laughs> <laughs> besides throwing rubbers away nigga. <laughs> like, no That's man funny. uh working in a uh, food service i uh been a bartender for like 10 years and before that i was a cook so how many uh children you have i don't know no <laughs> i got three i got uh two girls and a boy right. my girls is eight and ten and my son's 18 so yeah that's not bad. That's same good. mother, same mother. Always good to. Know. I know you ain't gonna give me the follow up, but white yeah. people always give me the follow up. You know mom. what bothers me? They act like they weren't doing the same shit. Like people think that black guys were always like busting off and bouncing. Like, dude, white men were raping and bouncing. Oh man, all the, well, they don't. You know, <laughs> they just acknowledged uh, was Andrew Jackson's family. <laughs> they give Thomas you, Jefferson. Yeah, Thomas. Tom, Jefferson. Yeah, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, they give you a hundred fifty year head start, and then they're like, okay, yeah. okay. okay. I'm like, dude, we're not even that bad, man. Like, yeah. everything, we're, if you say anything bad that we've done is a man thing more than actually a, oh, a yeah. black man thing. What was that? Uh, I was just watching today, the the lady, black lady on, not The View, but... Um, the talk? The, yeah, the big the girl real. who got the, the, the white dude, and she was saying how black guys uh, cheat more on women, and it's because, like, we uh, fucked up from slavery and shit like that. Which, yeah, you can say, of course, yeah, slavery fucked some shit up, but somebody was bringing up the uh, fact that, uh, you know, I mean, after Reconstruction and then, you know, Black Wall Street and all the other shit, we had more families then. The breakup of the family really came in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? 
But people don't look at that type of shit. But yeah, she was. Oh, we're in a generation of everybody trying to make you not think about what happened before and talk yeah. about just now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like thinking about guys' old tweets that they start attacking. It's like, well, your guys, like, you're mad at what? Because going after comedian old tweets, but then being okay with rappers' old song lyrics is the dumbest shit. Nigga. Man, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that. I was. I was in the DMX. <laughs> of course, you know how many you know how many fags is in a DMX song? <laughs> like it's is this Jay Z had a couple. Yeah, because like, like, you wouldn't. It was songs back in the day. You don't even really think about it because the words just in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eminem made a whole first two albums with that being like the flag he was waving. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny how uh, twenty years, twenty years that whole thing. I mean, for better, you know what I'm saying? That people have rights, but in 20 years, that whole That's thing. not rights, though. There weren't rights involved in that. Think about all the things that gay people fought for it were just things that were trivial for the most part, besides respect. Fighting for respect is fine. Marriage ain't trivial, though, because when marriage comes, I mean, laws with deceased people, with property, things like that. Get new laws made instead of trying to change old laws. Like, you're trying to amend a law. Well, it shouldn't say husband and wife. Well, it does. So come up with a new thing. Yeah, No, I'm getting that. I'm when not... make it easier for people, they'll start to, like, listen to you. Oh, yeah, I feel you. I ain't arguing against that. I'm just saying now uh, they have that. And before you didn't have that, I mean, if somebody died and you was with that person for 20 years, I mean... You don't you got have the... children, though. That's why, like, the argument was always, well, it's not like you really got to pass down but, this legacy. But, but <laughs> nigga, who get in the house? They ain't got to be the kids. If, you, if you've been fucking a nigga for 20 years and this nigga got a house and he died, but that's rightfully your house, but now the state coming in to get it, it's just basic marriage shit. Well, you, that's the thing, though. You don't, have, you don't have to be married to pass down a house, man. It's just it's a paperwork. No, but, 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 but with the marriage law and with the tax law and everything else with that, it, it makes it better. And why go through all this other shit when you could just have the same thing that everybody else has in that same situation? I don't care. I, just I think no, I'm I'm, I, no, I, no, I, I don't want to go down the road. No, I'm just saying. I, you know My thing is, is like, I don't care. Like, I get it. Yeah. But gay versus all the other issues that are out given to people like us, I yeah. don't want to hear that shit. Like, gay is a thing you can, it's uh, a who you love thing. It ain't like we hate you because uh, we just me. saw your face. Trust me. And I, I know that. And I, it ain't stopping success. I mean, some of the most successful men have been gay. So it ain't, you know what I'm saying? It ain't necessarily the the end all be all. You can really hide in the shadows with that. I'm just saying, in 20 years, they, you know, they done made some strides and we tried. We started that shit and they slow us down. They already slow you down when you get to that finish line. I was like, the first three laps are so easy. Then the last 35 are like, like trash. Uh, well, I look at y'all niggas voting and going to school with us, you know, <laughs> buying houses in the neighborhood that y'all couldn't come five, ten you know, years ago. And then they abandoned it. Oh, they gave it to us, and I was like, "Oh, you want this, you want this product land? You can have it, nigga." Have you drove through Maple Heights lately? Not Maple, no. Uh back in the day, like back in the eighties, when Southgate and all that shit was yeah. new, and it was this little shiny little place. Oh, the movie theater over there back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, I'm like, why? <laughs> if I'm paying eight, nine hundred dollars, you might as well stay in the hood, man. Because I was just telling that's, somebody that's that. what you're getting. You know what I'm saying? I was just telling somebody how um, in Cleveland how. In my neighborhood, uh, the apartments were like kind of cool because people was moving there with their ambition, like, yeah, I'm going to get my baby better education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then throughout time, everybody thought in Cleveland that they could just move their baby here at 17, 18. It's like, no, that the parent was 27 when she had the baby yeah. and brought him here. So she was already halfway an adult, full-fledged adult pretty much. Yeah. Even these 20-year-olds who are having a five-year-old. So you had a kid young. But you still didn't get to finish baking yourself. 
And now you're trying to bake another motherfucker. So y'all two half-baked people now raising hell in the suburbs. And that shit happened so much in that area, that Bedford, Maple, Warrensville area. Yeah. Just, they, and they didn't fall. It's just they tried to find a better way. And it was, shit, you was getting arrested for having a better education. That shit still was rocking out. Like, yeah. trying to get in shaker schools and then they find out you can't be there and they fucking try to give you a fine. I'm like, damn, so you mean, tell me, I can't, I'm still in public school education, my nigga? Like, <laughs> it's still two different things, but I remember back in the day when they would have parts of uh, Shaker walled off. Like, it took, you had to go through certain roads to be able to, yeah, the mayor didn't want niggas through. coming in. Yeah, yeah. There's so many one ways out, but you, you, can get, you can get out of Shaker, can't get into Shaker. Yeah. It is, that's a whole other thing. Let's get back to comedy. Everybody's like, oh, I like Cleveland. Cleveland's not racist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, well, you know what? All right, who's just some of your comedy influence? Because you're not like this. Like, nowadays, I love the part about comedy where there is no such thing as a black comedian. A comedian is just black. You, you don't have to do like the, you're not all, we're not all Def Jam comics now. You can yeah. be black without having to be. You see, I mean, you still got the quintessential, I mean, but I, I know what you mean. You got your Hannibal Burrs and well, people like that now. who got a, we're not so much a monolith. But do you, you still have people subscribe to that, though. I mean, if you see any comment section, which I mean, like you can't. Ron bitch. White exists. I get it. Like, yeah. Ron White can do his shit. So I mean, it's going to be the equivalent on the other side. Yeah. Like, if he can go on stage with a cigar and be kind of snarky, then we can have DC Curry <laughs> doing his shit too. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, didn't Cosby start that? Start. Cosby started a lot. Sorry, what? Snarky with the cigar on stage. I mean, he wasn't as he as wasn't raunchy, as, but yeah. I mean, the storytelling. He did have a. A certain type of swag to him. I mean, people, yeah. everybody tried to be like him. My my influence, if I I would, Chris Rock, man. Chris Rock, Bill Burr, Carlin, Chappelle. And then, like, it's always uh, it's always the other ones rotating on the outside. You know what I'm saying? Mm. David Tell, like, not even like that I'm even like that, but the ability to be like that. Mm. Just firing one after the other yeah. and being comfortable with it. And that ability to get better with time. That's one of the best things about Carlin. I mean, the last, last one, yeah, he was old, but he was old. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? A lot of guys don't make that much material. What's up? A lot of people don't make that much material. Yeah. I mean, right. he, he set the standard for that uh, that HBO special every year. Or or at least coming out with new material every year and then recording what every other. Over. Yeah. He had a nice uh, run for a while. Yeah, it's always... I mean, Patrice O'Neill, uh, we talked about that yeah. uh, indirectly before. And um, yeah, but shit like that, like, I love hearing shit when you hear somebody come from an angle that's so relatable, but still part of your brain is like, how did they How did they come up with that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love that. It's like, it's the, it's the sleight of hand. Yeah, I see, I had a funeral Tuesday for my aunt, and I was thinking, we, um, we were in church. And it was the black church, but I also grew up in white church. And I'm like, no black comic has really discussed why white church is the way it is. How did how did you go to white church? I was uh I went to a private school. And we had a white pastor and it was a Y'all had church at school? Yeah. It was a Lutheran school. So it's like it was like Catholic school, but for <laughs> black people, because niggas wasn't gonna go to no Catholic school all the way. My kid's mom went to Catholic it. school, but she went to um what, Chanel? Chanel and yeah. I forgot what before that. Uh, so you know, the eighth grade, just a bunch of eighth grade and okay, yeah, um, yeah. middle schools, but the high schools. Yeah. She told same. me it was half and half when she was there. Yeah, probably was because it was decent. Then it closed. Yeah, yeah. They didn't really get totally blacked out, but yeah. 
No, nah, but I was like, man, when you go <laughs> they, to a, they bowed out early. They was like, we go, we yeah, go, we go like save a, some dignity. I realized why the black sermons are the way they are. Why? Like, so with the white church, those right preachers don't come from a life of shit. They just raised to be preachers for real. They don't really tell the story. Yeah, like oh. white sermons, they don't tell story. They stay to the book. Yeah, so they said they're most reciting the book than mm-hmm. than living the struggle and conveying so it to. You a get pro- a black pastor. This nigga talking about how he used to be addicted to cocaine. He used to pimp holes, and now yeah. he found a better life in the Lord. It's like my nigga, I don't want to hear your story. I want John, Paul, and Matthew story. I don't give a fuck about your story, my nigga. Like well, I didn't come for you to be better. I don't care. But part of it's the call and response of of just black or. Or oh yeah, but how them times them niggas don't even live in the neighborhood they serve. Oh well, come on now. I know yeah. so I many, mean, so many yeah, there's, there's hypocrisies layers, that we don't really address. There's layers to this. It's always oh, no, like I wrote that. a bunch of shit about it, but uh, I talk about how they, the white guys they stick to the book. Well, black dudes gonna add his shit and then say, oh, just like Jesus, nigga. No, no, no. I don't need you being like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I just go to white church. He's like, yes, turn your pages to Matthew something something. It's like, oh, okay. He gonna stick to the book. I didn't. I so didn't come for his story. How was the How was the music in the white church? Is, is it stereotypically what I'm thinking? Of yeah, is? I mean, them, them niggas don't have a choir director like we do. Yeah, they they, uh, they got the gay dude tearing it down. Nah, man, they got the, they don't <laughs> get the little Richard on deck. Nah, man, <laughs> only niggas got the little Richard. White folk, they don't really have that. Uh, they, see, I think, um, our choir director is a product of molestation. While their priests are a product of organization, oh, so yeah, they, the, way they the chain is, is farther down. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so, not it's not as direct. Yeah, like our pastors fuck other women on the side. Oh yeah, as far as the worst, not like it's a common thing. But the worst of the worst is our pastor fucking consensual women. Yeah, while their pastor is doing a little bit more than that. He you know he's getting kids before the age of consent. But the nigga at home who's not going to church is the one that's molesting the kid at church. You know Sometimes. what I'm saying? That, I'm saying that's, oh, yeah, that, that on, on our end, that's a dynamic. Yeah, we don't not, not that the, shit. It ain't the person in, in power. It's the person in the shadows. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That uncomfortable uncle that show up every well, that now family and friend. He used to have a crush with your mama, and not, she looked just like her mama. Some uh-huh. wild shit. And Come around. Kill him. And we still don't fuck the people up. We are the softest people sometimes. I just found out some shit myself about my own family this year. Oh, it's no, like, nigga, that, this no, oh, oh, no, we're not going to unpack shit today, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> just keep the show comedy, man, before we start talking about all the problems in the black community. <laughs> hey, man, that's a long road. Like, man, money is a big um, So <laughs> When we going to get over this? He's like, oh, you know, that's my favorite. When a white person trying to get that audacity and say, why don't black people just shut the fuck up? <laughs> we tried, nigga. Y'all went letters. You know, I'm sorry. Motherfuckers um, still crying over Michael Vick's dogs. I don't ever want to hear shit. Man, every <laughs> time, get over every time shit. white people try, when the white people was on, using, you saw that shit on Facebook. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. And it's like, uh, well, what's the difference between OJ and Mike Vick? I said the fact that you asking me besides only thing they have in common is black and sport, like occupation and color. Everything is, else is different. So I, shut the. That's my holy grail of jokes, man. Every time I do a dog white people joke, it, it dies in front of white people because white people love dogs so much. But that's my holy grail if I can get that. That's nigga, they love dogs the way black people love Jesus. Damn near. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh did you were you supposed to work with Witherspoon or you did before you passed? I did that at that one time, uh, that I worked with him, uh yeah, it was right before he passed. Yeah, uh just randomly got booked uh, by Craig, and then you know how like you'll get you'll get a weekend, and you don't even know who you got until you look up. Oh, who gonna be there this weekend? And it just happened to be him. And uh, 
we had a good weekend, man. Had some good crowds. He was, he was. I mean, it's cliche to say, but he was cool as fuck, man. Like a lot of people, you run into egos and stuff like that, and to the point to where now I don't even so much mind if a nigga got an ego as long as you ain't projecting it that hard. I give you your space, you know. Mm-hmm. I get it. I'm the host, you know what I'm saying. But he was cool with his spoon. First, he came in and he was like, you know, I need the the uh, green room to myself, which I'm like, cool, whatever, you know. It's tiny in there anyway, you know. But then after five or ten minutes, he was like, oh, I was just trying to get set up. He told me to come on back, chill with him, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he was just talking. He was just a normal dude. Told me I was funny. I'm sure you say that to a lot of people. But, you know, it's good to hear that mm-hmm. shit from, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I think sometimes they don't have to say anything. Yeah, it's the dad from Friday just told me I'm funny, you know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. took a picture. Two weeks later, I'm at a bar having a beer, and I'm just fucking with my phone. And you see that? And I'm like, mm. this shit is fragile. Yeah, but that was uh that was that was a big deal. That was a big deal. That's one of the perks of the climbing now and the trying to get further in this is getting to meet different people, seeing different people's sensibilities, especially seeing the man behind the curtain. I remember going to the David Tell show at Hilarities and mm-hmm. being in the back and seeing David Tell just come out and kind of stand where we was, but he couldn't see us of course cuz we were just uh in the shadows uh but just seeing him before he was on, like little shit like that. I, I love seeing that. Like when before somebody gets on and they're just checking out the audience, you yeah. can see them kind of getting in their zone and shit and then just getting there. It's like being that close to it. You know what I'm saying? You could feel the shit. And it's like, okay, the shit is attainable. So what's your favorite, like most of the most inspiring slash coolest moment in comedy so far? You know, that's... Like who is your favorite like what moment? Like right now, I know if I have a few moments in comedy. Like whether one okay, one could be one you witnessed and then one you've had. Well, you you know what well, you know uh one I, I got a couple. And this wasn't like uh, I don't know, whatever, but I remember one time having a, a host and MC gig at uh, hilarities. Uh the lights went out. While I'm on stage mm-hmm. doing my shit, and I was like, I was, I was in a good groove. I was getting some laughs. I'm like, fuck. But then, as soon as the lights went out, just being naturally, just like, what the fuck, just kept talking, mm-hmm. and then the show just kept going, and they end up doing the whole show. And the Mackie, uh, Joe Mackie, mm-hmm. yeah, he was the headliner. But uh, so he ended up going up and doing his whole set in the dark. Uh, but but the good thing about it was like to be able to. Catch that energy, keep it that energy, and keep it up enough for the next comic to go up and do his thing for him to kill. I mean, I ain't saying like I set mm-hmm. a nigga up, but you know what I'm saying? Like it if was. You would have panicked though. This fuck ups everything. Exactly, and and to be able to uh, like stay in that rhythm, stay in that pocket. That was that was a highlight. That felt good, and it's plus with with comedy when you do, you can tell you do good. When other people feel it, when you can feel their reaction, like well, you can feel a nervous audience or mm-hmm. audience that's uh, want ready to restless, ready to get up. You know what I'm saying? And they was they was in the seats. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that was definitely one of them. Um, shit like that is that's the stuff. I mean, you know, you can drive on the road. It's when it's when you hit the patches of ice. You know what I'm saying? And how you react. That's when the that's when you the well, every shit come out. It's it's not that crazy. The comedy, you know, the funny part about comedy, they tell you how bad it is and how hard this is and how you got to do suffer to get yeah, success. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be the first to tell you the shit that's happened to me these last couple of years. I do not have any suffering to tell niggas. Like I have no bad story. <laughs> I mean, it's hard out there. It's like it's not. 
Yeah. Like, it's really not. I think part of it is um, I always compare this. I mean, I know it's, it ain't me, everybody. It's the oldest cliche in the world, but it's just like sex. When you're a virgin and you ain't having sex, it's the most mm-hmm. unattainable thing ever. Mm-hmm. And even once you get it, but you don't know how to get it again, but once you see how simple it is, once you look around and see who's really doing the fucking, <laughs> like if, if, start better than I. Exactly, and and I know that's kind of a glass half empty way to look at it, but that's one of the things that gave me the balls to get into comedy is seeing certain comics like if this motherfucker could get up there, I can at least get past my my nerves and shit and go up there and just and, and let the chips fall where they may. You know what I'm saying? You rather get hit with that shit than than to be sitting there with doubt, like uh, wondering what could have been, you know? Yeah, because I'm trying to think, what's the worst suffering? Well, you know what I will say, you will do the couch surfing and the motel staying. Yeah, like, but that's why I feel for women sometimes when I meet a woman oh, on yeah. the road. It's like, damn man. Yeah, this is not a man. Motels are the most rapiest shit. Like to have the front door and, and, and the men, parking lot. Yeah. And oh. men shit on like like horrorish type women comics, but I mean, in a way, I mean, it's, I mean that you, I ain't saying they sleeping with the people they out with, but a woman who's not as closed off sexually is probably going to be able to navigate this game easier just because she thinks like a man. I'm not necessarily I have saying no idea what that means. No, I'm not gonna no, nigga, don't it. don't don't start backing away and leaving me. <laughs> so I'm about to hold my sips and this nigga like, yup. <laughs> like, no, nah, who got a fucking nigga real quick? Get out the bushes, nigga. I ain't talking. <laughs> no, I'm saying, I'm saying, kind of like in this, and this is controversial too, but kind of like in a sense to where a lot of good female comedians are gay. I, uh, maybe it's a uh, a, a, a right here. It's just like I'm like what? <laughs> I'm not saving myself. That's the maybe worst maybe it's ever. a right brain thing. You get what the fuck I'm saying? Don't be looking at me like. <laughs> no, I, I say <laughs> I feel like when a woman endures comedy, the shit that we had to do. That I'm like this is slightly uncomfortable for me, and I have no fear of rape or sexual assault. Like I've slept on dudes' couches. I've met that night, like on some old, we know of mutual comedy. Yeah, yeah. like you're like John. Yeah, Scott. Oh man, hey, yeah, you can stay right here. Here's your security code for the. Uh, I know, I know. For the garage. I'm not saying because a bitch that sucks some dick or she gay that'll make her more apt to sleep yeah, on like, the couch. If you, if you fucking a yank, if you if you fucking <laughs> you don't like dick, comedy's for you. It's like, damn, nah, you can be. All right, all right, all right, all right. It's just that, that if you can grind. It's also like if you are a city slicker, like you know that the movie when they got the guys who just don't fuck with like. Uncomfortable situations You're not gonna make it Oh yeah Well comedy from here Comedy is an uncomfortable situation It's really learning to be on To be in that uncomfortable situation I mean that's where only The only good shit is really Yeah cause every time I hear a comic Make themselves struggle I laugh It's like yeah I quit my job Nigga you are emceeing And that's it you're an MC who had a good three week run. You better not have no kids, no debt, nigga. no. You can't no. You, you better not even smoke Shit, cigarettes, so nigga. <laughs> like, you yeah, better you not can't have no vices. I might do I, nothing. Nothing. I work every day on something, but it's not always comedy stand up. It's yeah. like, what the fuck you mean? You had to quit your job. There's not that many hours in the day for comedy. I, I get it. In a way, it's a way to you know put it's a, a, little, a way to try to act like you, on you, but, but it doesn't. 
I know. A, a part of it is part of it's kind of like Every, that. It's like the Facebook posts of all the of all the dates you got, co- all the Man. bar dates you got coming up. You know, Man, it's like, dude, you quit your job for what, nigga? You only made a buck eighty. Like, what the fuck? You you can't do this shit. You're not gonna be back here for two months. But if I make this buck eighty every weekend, and then I do a few fifty dollar spots during the week, exactly. And I save some of that. I'm only staying at my mom's oatmeal. cousin's house, yeah. and they charging me three hundred. This shit can happen. I figure I do that for about a year and a half. In Cleveland, Ohio, <laughs> like niggas be eating. Oatmeal and gra- uh, graham cracker snacks from a kids pack. Nigga, I just went to Chicago. Shit. That shit was. I'm like, man, there's got to be a cheaper way. I mean, it depends what you want. I mean, I have comics. We have this conversation all the time. Like, what do you want out of comedy? <sighs> Nothing's worse than an ambition, untalented motherfucker going on stage. Like, I. That's what made me snap off this year. Like this year, I'm like, I, if nigga talk reckless at all at this point, why he's like, man, I'll let it go. But then I realized that Jay Z approach didn't even work for that nigga. Oh yeah, like okay. they still gonna fuck and talk to you crazy. Yeah, so I was like, oh, okay, where we at with the situation? Like, do you really mean this dumb shit or what? But if you got that ambition and minus the talent, either one or two things gonna happen. You go, you go rise to the occasion, and that occasionally does happen. Or they go get knocked off, and they go, and you know, not here. Nobody has to quit here. You can just keep being shitty. Well, yeah, but uh, that's as far as the layers that you add. You ain't go. There is a glass ceiling for shitty. You know what I'm saying? Not here. You, you might well, you might pierce through a few things, but I mean you ain't gonna be you ain't gonna be getting a lot of paid work being no, shitty. But if you never, ever, ever had the ambition, if you don't if you never got paid, you don't miss it. Oh yeah. If you just like a lot of these motherfuckers, they yeah. just doing this shit in a bar and they're on Facebook louder than anybody else. That's it. And there's not nothing wrong with it, but then they'll talk. <laughs> but part of it too is arrogant. To maybe else. maybe they looking for other shit out of the game. Ultimately, I want to be a successful touring comedian. That's what I want to do. It's blackness like, in your ass. Like that ain't. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, we can't. We don't know how to just be on some like. I just do this shit for fun. But they like I've seen white comics. They just they'll be like, oh, I'm just doing this. To be one of the guys. Well, stop fucking writing on a piece of paper with there's other niggas who are trying to be better. Like, well, stop taking yeah. stage time from people. Part of that to me is that's that one foot in, one foot out mentality. So that if you are shitty at it, that you can just say you was just fucking around. Like, I wouldn't be in serious. That's such a white idea. Like, I was watching John Mulaney's Sack Lunch Bunch. Yeah. And uh, one of the kids, it's like a kid's show, but he's like the main the adult. And it's pretty funny. And one of the kids like, so what's the theme of the show? And he's like, well, you know, if it does good, we'll be like, yes, yeah, we meant to be. But if it's really bad, we'll say, oh, we meant to be doing it ironically. We're just meant to be silly. Yeah, in a, exactly. Not funny way. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, they and they make a term called try hard. Like, that's a term they tease kids. Like, oh, you're a try hard. Niggas can't be that. You either do it or you don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, if you're trying, you better succeed soon. We don't have time yeah. to fail. So I'm like, that's a luxury that we don't really, you yeah, won't find to be black comics that have ambition to be Richard Pryor or Eddie Murphy or Kevin Hart. Depending on when they started. Yeah, it's that Chris Rock joke. A black man got a flat or some shit that white people can walk to. <laughs> oh, you ever, hear, you ever hear Chris Rock's story about uh, <laughs> his grandfather's uncle told him about uh, boxing and how uh, Joe Lewis had to knock this white man out or he, he can't win by decision. It's pretty much like you have to beat them. I, the I, fuck I, down. I, I, it's, it sounds familiar, but uh, I know most of his stories. Yeah, paraphrasing, like he's like, yeah. you know, for us to be. Considered almost victors, we have to knock a white guy out. Yeah, yeah, you ain't, you ain't gonna win by the yeah. scorecard. Yeah, if I stay in, like, but same with comedy. Now, if a black comic can do white rooms, it's like, yeah, you, yeah, but do it white, do it white, do it white like I like it. Yeah, yeah, like white yourself up. But when you got a black, a white comic do black rooms, he can do every BET comic view 
like laugh cue. Every beat kind of you like hacky reference. Well, like the, the not the shit on them, but like the Gary Owen type shit. Not well, that's easier too, because it can just strictly be race. Yeah, like he talks more about race than Chris Rock. Yeah, he yeah. talks more about race than Chappelle. Yeah, so it's like he talks about race, but then for black guy, oh, he talks about race all the time. It's like, well, not as much as I, I get it, because well, yeah, Gary Owen's not even that bad because he's not he's his own voice. But yeah. there are comics like white comics just they 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 get in the black circuit and they just start. Blacking it up, trying to be more hip hop. Yeah, they'll they just like fucking Steve Martin from Bring Down the House, like all that goofy shit. They just add to that's an old reference. It's just like Will Ferrell from. Nah, Hard. nigga, I remember I Bring Down the House. No, no, me and you remember that movie. I'm like for people who might hear this shit. Yeah, saying that hacky bit of a white guy just yeah. making hip hop themed clothing. Part of that, part of that, I think too, is just not being comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Because you, like you said in reverse, I've seen uh, I've seen black comics who are used to just doing black rooms who get in the white room and like. Yeah, it's it it gets uncomfortable to watch. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. just start cooning. They don't even know they're doing it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, you've had this conversation. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm saying we, we it's on record now. You know, yeah, no. but just oh, uh, no names and shit. <laughs> but, but it's like uh and and part of it and once again I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I ain't trying to sell people down the river. But part of it too I think is I mean you can feel a split second before you start slipping into that bomb. <laughs> and when some people start slipping into that bomb. You start reaching for branches, and then people start uh, pandering. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's and once you once you get a laugh from pandering, it's like nigga, do I? You know what I'm saying? Do I stay on this road and keep getting my laughs, or do I just eat this bomb? You know what I'm saying? Well, the average that way comes to the work part when you when you do a lot of stages, you'll get especially in this area, being in Cleveland, in Ohio, pretty much. There's so many different stages you do here. Especially as a black comic, yeah, because it's majority white state. Like anywhere else outside of Cleveland, and you have a black, you have a white show, right, right. Like minus the one part of Cleveland that has black shows, <laughs> everything else in the state is pretty much white as hell. So you go to Toledo, that's pretty much white. I mean, depending on who they got coming to the Funny Bone there, yeah. it's white. Um, we have hilarities here. You have Go Bananas. You have the Funny Bones all throughout the state. They're not as black as like improv in Cleveland is the blackest lineup you'll see. But if you do in the Ohio, lineup, yeah, then you go to any of the other, um, any of the other um, funny bones. They mixing in with the white cats. Yeah, but mostly here the white cats go to hilarities. Yeah, we're, we're segregated with booking out the gate. I call it Coke and Pepsi. I didn't even realize it until I started going. But I'm like, oh shit! It's like it was right in my face, but I never noticed it until I. Till I started being there, and you're like, "Oh, this is the de facto white slash black club in Cleveland." You know, it's so funny how they both like you can do the same shit in both of them, and if you do it the same way or whatever, yeah, you'll get different laughs, different parts. Oh yeah, so I'll do the man. same set, and I'll get jokes. That people will laugh at this part harder in the white crowd, and this part harder in the black crowd. Like white people are more comfortable with uh and being in, being vulnerable. So yeah. if I do like a whack sex joke, everybody's laughing. Yeah. In a black crowd, only the girls are laughing. Yeah. The choking joke that I do, yeah, that, that one is more of a lull. But then I go into my having kids and being broke baby daddy, and that gets a good laugh at improv. It's starting to get better at hilarities, but it's like a, it's... I think part of it is, I mean, on the surface, come on now, being a caricature, the first part, I'm talking about my girlfriend who happens to be white, so it's, that goes better at the white club. And then uh, 
then I'm talking about my kid's mom uh, and going through baby mama, baby daddy shit, and that go, goes better at improv. That said, I don't talk about the race of my kid's mom or anything like that, but it's just... It's just it's implied. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. It's implied. With his, one of them's white, and you don't mention what the other one is. They just think, okay, well, this one's black. Yeah, and part of it too, though, I will say with improv, uh, that the the kid, my, the baby mama part is on the back end, and I think it, the whole joke works better there anyway because it builds. I like when my set builds, and then I could bring it down. But then when you build again, and then you end good, and that's. It goes better there at improv because that hilarity is it's a little more lopsided and it'll go well at the front end, but then it'll be a little bit of a lull at the uh, yeah. back. Yeah. And I'm and you try to switch that around just because you try to see where the real energy is and where the ups and downs are. But it is like you said, it's it's funny to see what gets the laugh and what's get lost, and you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. I used to get uh, offended when a comic when I was trying to book the show. Um, I do. And the comic book, well, I'm I'm good with black people. It's like what a uh, white comic. Yeah, you? I'm like you're not. Like I'm black and I don't like you. <laughs> so you're you're not good. With, you're not good with black people. You fucking idiot. Like don't come into my shit and try and do your black set. But, but they so, would try that. They would try and write a black set. Like they had uh, hilarities. Hey everybody, they come over in my show. What up, y'all? How y'all motherfuckers doing? It's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I've seen are you that. trying to talk jive to a bunch of black people? Like, do you think we're Negroes, you idiot? Like, but you, you know, what's fucked up. That work a lot. That work a lot. I've seen a lot of mediocre white comics kill in black rooms. Now, now the long chart, if you kept showing it, uh, you you would crash. But in a five to eight minute set, those mediocre white, because in a way, it's the same as us in front of white audiences. You you're being laughed at. Yeah. They ain't laughing with you. Well, that's why I make them uncomfortable. Yeah. That's why I pull the mirror out. I don't go up there and be like, man, times are hard. Because one, they weren't. <laughs> like, I didn't, <laughs> like, I didn't have to move on up. Nigga, we, my parents did all the hard. They all, did all the heavy lifting. Like, yeah. I didn't grow up with that shit. So I laugh when people are like, oh, man, I grew up with this, that, and the other. It's like, that's just poverty, nigga. That's hilarious, I guess, to these people. Yeah. I be feeling bad. I'm like, God damn, that's not funny to me. <laughs> that's a real situation. Niggas had to, <laughs> had to struggle through. I'm I'm getting better with with those type of jokes. I'm trying to get better context with that with the because I've seen like a lot of sides of that shit. I grew up like without money, but then at the end of my teenage years, my mom ended up graduating and getting married, and uh, they was middle class, and then got to see that end up. You know what I'm saying? I think every every comic I know and I've seen. Has that, and I've talked about this before, and you probably know this too. Like, if you, if you've had this duality of world, especially early in your life, or had some type of mm-hmm. fish out of water experience, that that's like the that's the X Man gene to gives you that superpower to be a comic because you have the ability to see anomalies that other people can't. The shit that's in everybody's face, but it's 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 right there, but nobody says nothing, and then it's the comic that says, "What the fuck is that?" You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's just it's noticing shit, yeah. But it was that I, I called my uh, those a uh, few years I lived in Aurora, my uh, French Prince of Bel Air years, because it was like <laughs> it's like we had this nice house and like and all the white people was like nice, but then it was weird because they was freakishly nice. Like you, you, you mm-hmm. I'm sure you read Malcolm X or even seen the movie, right? Yeah. And you talked about uh, being the kid at the school and uh, feeling like a mascot, mm-hmm. and you feel like that. Like yeah, like even if you like, you know, the the cute nigga and like all these uh, 
big titty bitches on your dick. <laughs> After a while, you like it's all pudding. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it's like it's uh, that's why. Like it's weird, man. It's weird. Well, it's slightly different because that guy wants more. Like he's just getting all this attention, but it's all surface level shit. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to having a cold switch or even just navigate in a different world, it's if you get there, you should know how to do it. Like you shouldn't be in that environment and never had an introduction before they invited you to their cookout. Yeah, yeah. Like their cookout's always weird because there's no mm-hmm. like there's no welcoming. It's always the record skips. Yeah, like eh, New York like, City. Yeah, yeah, you walk in and everybody turn yeah. their head. White boy comes to the black cookout. I was like, oh, what's up, white boy? You cool for being here? Yeah. Black dude be at the white shit. He's like, whoa, nigga, where you coming from? Yeah. It's like, damn. <laughs> but we divided. This whole thing, it's a whole structure. But I, I, my thing was, I don't bomb bad in front of white crowds. Why do you think that is? You think you think uh, you did some white crowds the like black a, cool factor. Uh, we don't ever really acknowledge right. it. It's a black cool gene that every black man has. Uh, we have to be cool. So yeah. it's a certain point where. But that's why I'm. T- but that it, it teeters into that mascot realm. That's what I'm talking about. Of you being uh, this thing to them. You yeah. know what I'm saying. But you like even like but just. As an adult, as a black dude as an adult, even the dude who you might think isn't cultured, he still has enough black in a white world experience. Oh, you can't to not it, being an American, fu- you can't help but not yeah, be. Like yeah, they, you uh, could be as Byron Allen or whatever the fuck as you want to be, but when you, you be black, Jim Jones, yeah, like, when you black in America, you feel it, whether you man. acknowledge it or not, and you see that more than yeah. Because yeah. I think about every black dude you've ever seen, even stereotypical shit, like when they go to court, they start using the language that white people like to use in the situation. Like they start talking in their way white. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, like, you, that's, you can take his education away. He just knows that that gauge, that gear is still there. Oh, yeah, yeah. You throw a, a poor, uneducated white guy in that situation, he's going to just always be here. Like he'll always just be. Oh yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't see the yeah. duality. He of doesn't it. straighten up yeah. when somebody come around. He just don't know what straighten up means. He's like his bad doesn't have really redeeming qualities to fix and shine up. Yeah. While a black dude, or he's Reggie Hammond, like <laughs> not Reggie Hammond. Um, who's the dude from Trader Place? What was his black? What was the black dude? What was that, oh, uh, 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 Valentine. <laughs> yeah, uh, Billy Ray Valentine. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Well, either way, <laughs> two old niggas right there. That was a, uh, that was that in Beetlejuice was the first cassettes we had on VHS, nigga. I watched that movie so much. That's funny. I could still see that fucking hair coming out of that sandwich when Dan Aykroyd was eating that sandwich on the back of the bus, nigga. That shit was disgusting. Uh, trying to think. Uh, favorite, uh, what crowd you you struggle the most with? Well, when you started, what was, the, what was your like fear crowd? Like, I hate going in that motherfucking room. Yours. I started at Funny Stop. And mm-hmm. I only went to Funny Stop. You, uh-huh. You've you been in comedy in Cleveland long enough to know, like, the different types of people you see. Yeah. I was that comic who started at a club, and I'm going to work at this club until yeah. I could get to another club. And then I started seeing different shows and smaller venues, and then I was a little more nervous because it didn't have the structure. You really had to command somebody's attention. Mm. I mean, you know what I mean? It, you ain't on a stage with a spotlight and people who paid or at least got papered to be in there. You know what I'm saying? It's... Uh, is somebody who came in for either $5 or for free who weren't there to see you. I remember the first time, nigga, I did your club. It was the first time oh, I did. Oh, we called it a club. I appreciate you. I thought <laughs> <where she> going. <laughs> it was the first time I did uh, something outside of Funny Stop. And I remember 
uh, meeting you and I talked to you <laughs> and we was uh, in Chipotle and you getting your food and I'm nervous because I can never eat before. I can kind of eat before shows now, but I really wouldn't do it back then. And you start <laughs> going on your fucking, uh, your fucking Eeyore shit, just uh, the comedy. I don't even like it the way I used to and blah, blah, blah. I didn't realize at the time that like, like, nigga, you should not be talking to this dude. You about to go on stage because I was already in my head. And then I started oh, getting shit. more and more in my head. And I was uh, I was on stage. And it, it was, uh, I, I was doing okay. I was, I was barely surviving. But then I blacked out. And it was only for like five seconds. But the first <laughs> time you black out on stage, nigga, oof, I was in purgatory just floating until I came back. And then I, when That's I came funny. back, I didn't know how to recover. I didn't, you know, when, when you're that, that early in, when you don't know how to just go, and I'm trying to find the well, sequence of my order of my jokes in my head and I'm scrambling around and all this is probably happening in a span of 20 seconds mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying but in, once again in your head it's something but that's what made that room uh, the hardest for me at the time because yeah other rooms can be hard but the thing I also do say and not just because you hear I've told people this like Outside of this, I think that's the best room in Cleveland because it, it gets the most consistent paid audience to see comedy. And if you do good there, you you you're doing good. You know what I'm saying? Like you have a joke. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's tested. And as as much as people like shit on it for being a quote East Side, which of course is uh, like a black show. I'm like, it's in the suburbs and half the time the audience is at least half white. I'm like, it's on Coventry. Nigga, when I grew up on, on 89th and Cedar, we would ride our bikes to Coventry because that was like the nice, rich, white area. You know what I'm saying? And you could ride your bike and, and go in the store and leave it and come back and your bike was still there. Nigga, like, you couldn't ride your bike on Cedar, man. No, but I laugh when uh, people say two things to me. Either um, when they say that's far, I used to say you should quit comedy now because if that yeah. drive for 25 minutes is too far for you. <laughs> and that's nigga, if you're hitting lights. Yeah, like wait until you get told you have a show in another state Yeah, where you got to pay tolls. Like wait till you really have to go too far. Like I was in a conversation with somebody about traveling. What's my cutoff time for this amount of money? I'm like, for this amount of money, it's four hours. For this amount of money, so get, get give me one. Give me a, give me a four-hour... Cut off. Uh, if I'm emceeing, I go four hours. Okay. If I'm featuring, I go ten. Okay. To drive. Okay. Uh, flights to major cities are cheaper. Like I was gonna do Orlando. Uh, the flight was one ten. Do you start getting the uh, the condo once you start getting the feature? Yes. Because I I've seen. We'll do all that later. I can't tell you those type of things on, on the podcast. I know I, I've seen it before But I'm just saying For consistency Because I went over Mike is like Oh so I, Oh I know You start like, getting hit With a million yeah. No you know It bothers me Because open mic Will try to use uh, Like vet terminology And that shit bothers me Like I, every time I hear a fucking new guy I'm, I'm working on new shit First you need shit first Let's do Let's get, let's get shit first <laughs> Then do new shit but let's, get, let's get some shit But, on but the, you but, but okay I gotta speak up for this Because I'm still like I still got that shit on me. Like part of that is just being aspirational. Now, yes, most of the people who do it, the the loudest ones. Who ain't, ain't got ambition shit. in comedy? Like you, you got to drive to a bar and try <laughs> to wrangle adults. Not even children. Children respect authority. Adults are fucking authority. Like they, you can't yeah. tell me shut up. And you, you are technically in the most loose place in the in the adults. Uh, Sphere is a bar. This, you, you're allowed to come here and get inebriated. Now is your job to shut up these. Yeah. Drunk now people. pay attention. It's yeah. like that's 
that takes a lot. Nobody's more. Nobody has more Nigga, ambition that is spinning than spinning plates. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and we talking about bombing. You want to talk about this? Was the oh man? All right. So this was uh, probably one of my worst bombs, but in a way good because it was the first time a bomb didn't like hurt hurt. You know what I'm saying? Well, when you you ever hear the story about I forget if it was Chris Rock or Chappelle, but it was talking about when they bombed at Apollo. And it kind of felt good because, you know, like, if this is as bad as it gets, then I can survive this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I forget who said it. I, I think, think it was Chappelle. But, uh, yeah, he was talking about, yeah, bomb. Because, I mean, of all places, nigga, the bomb at the Apollo. Like. Back then, yeah. Because <laughs> me and uh, I was talking to Rob Ward about it because he did the Apollo. And he said, man, the culture is different because back in the early 90s, it was because when Steve Harvey was hosting it, it was because early nineties, nigga. This Simba, Simba, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Simba and, and Steve Harvey, but they would just come there to. At first, it was coming to be entertained. Yeah. Then when booing became the novelty, you just wanted to get that. You wanted to have it happen as soon as yeah. possible. It wasn't. That's uh, why it was so hard to do comedy. You, all you had to say, I hate when niggas boo. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like they're they're like they don't they're just trying to be the first one to kill you. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, well, in, you know what I hate when an audience member tries to tell you what uh what qualifies comedy. When an audience member tries to tell you, oh, well, you know, I you know, in comedy you got to come with you got to roll with the punches. Show me that definition, nigga. Show me that I should be dealing with you fucking screaming shit at me. Like yeah. that's not a thing. That's not a part of it. Well, that they they looking from the outside looking in. Yeah, but you can't make up new rules. You can say, like saying, man, as a basketball player, you should be allowed to be okay. I should be you should be okay with calling your wife a bitch and you a nigga. Like what? I bought my tickets. Yeah, like yeah, no, fam, yeah. you came here to watch a fucking game. That's it. Laugh or don't laugh. Don't say shit to me. Don't be like, oh, like I had a white guy come to me one time at the show and said, because I didn't say the n word the whole set. He said, man, you ain't got to hold back. I'm like, we talk. Like, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, you you know my jokes. I'm like, hold back, man. I talked about owning white folks as uh, fucking slaves through adoption. You, you, you know talking about, he said, you know, you can nigger it up around here. I said, and Mary. He said Mary, that? I was with Mary Santora. She looked at my face and she like, hey, held, held my arm like we was on a date all of a sudden. Like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Okay, John, let's get something to drink. I'm like, what the fuck did you just tell me? This oh, nigger it up? Oh, shit. Oh, Told shit. me to, you, it's okay, brother. You can, he said, brother. I'm like, that's my answer. He was like, where? They're like, man, you can nigger it up. I said, uh, I, I, I put just enough nigger on it for me tonight, sir. And I just walked away. I'm like, I'm not, in, this is not for me. It's and just, anytime white people like, when anything is predicated with bro or brother. Man, you, you remember Die Hard 3 with fucking Sam Jackson? Mm-hmm. He was trying to get the cell phone. He was like, bro. <laughs> he took that phone. Like, get the motherfucking phone in. <laughs> like, he was like, bro, don't call me bro, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah it's very, it's very, let me touch your hair. Yeah. And every comic, every black comic deals with that. We don't have it as bad as black women, but every black comic has that fish out of water. Like, you're, oh, look at this interesting subject. Like, hold on, man. Yeah. I, even, I, I even, I mean, it's it's a joke that I can, like, fuck with because I do like saying some bullshit before I get into my act. But, like, a lot of times the hilarity is, like, before I come up, like, they'll, they'll be playing, like, bullshit all day and then they'll bring me up to some Run DMC. I'm like, this hot now we playing rap? Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I, have a, I have a song I request that if he don't do that, he plays Fred Sanford's, uh, Theme song before we start the jokes on you show. Yeah, but if I feature, I just go up to Curtis Mayfield. Um, move on up. Okay, it's that. That's it, and I'm walking, very talk show like, and it's like, yeah, I just every show. Yeah, 
Like, I don't do none of that R&B, hip-hop, fuck y'all. We might get a show. I'm taking y'all back. Energy's going to be right here. This 19 fucking 40s energy. <laughs> that, I mean, granted, it's not 1940, but it's that whole, like, this old-ass yeah, energy. Yeah, you Ed Sullivan, all this. Carson, yeah. Yeah, I'm not yeah. fucking about to be up here. And, yeah. How y'all... Man, listen. I'm, <laughs> Wherever I'm at, I don't like this city. That's not the gate. What do you say to do here besides leave? That's how I open up every set when I'm out of town. Like, boo, you from Cleveland? I said, I know, but... This is it. Wait, you do that set in other cities? What is it to do here besides leave? Yeah, so whenever I, I'm in another city, I walk on stage. Uh, they, you know, so what I'm featuring? Dayton, Indianapolis, Chicago. Oh, Toledo. I, I was in Toledo. I was in Dayton the week before the shooting. And I was in Toledo two weeks after the shooting. And that's when right Trump had just did the shit. I was in, uh, I was with Chris Radowski. And well, we you got to break down. This, you, this nigga does shit every... Ten minutes. You said Trump just did the. Shooting. Oh, Trump had it was a shooting that happened in Dayton. I remember that. And he yeah. had said, "Let's pray for Toledo." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I would yeah. open up with that every fucking show, yeah, yeah. like I was uh, going middle. So I went up like, "Hey, this has been in the city for a couple of times. Been a, you know, I've been in Toledo a few times. Um, how does it feel to know that even though Dayton got shot up, we were still supposed to pray for y'all, badass? Like <laughs> nobody loves you. Like you're the just Detroit Cleveland abortion, like." What's it to do here besides leave? How did they? How did they take that? Oh man, I said, don't get me wrong. I'm from Cleveland, man. I know we yeah. we could be like you if we lost everything too. <laughs> <laughs> I never been to. I did a, a I did a bar show in Toledo, but I never like been been to Toledo. They're they're just like Cleveland. It's like blue collar cities, blue collar and black. You have to uh, watch how you talk in shorthand with certain shit. Like pop culture references don't hit for everything anymore. Because everybody oh, watch yeah. different shit. Oh, yeah. Um, so sometimes you got to be more blatant with blue-collar cities. With, same with internet jokes. Like, I got an Uber joke about how a girl called me an Uber because sex was so bad. Yeah. But if you're in a crowd of people who don't really travel Uber, yeah, they don't know about even calling Uber for people to get them the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. I remember doing... So it's like um, saying taxi, because everybody knows that a taxi... If you don't use yeah. a taxi, I just change it to taxi. And yeah. I got to cut the joke off... Like a little sooner, add some more shit to it, but I'm like, fuck that. Say Uber. If these niggas don't get it, fuck them all. Yeah, like they, they got Netflix, goddamn. Yeah, like you try and you try and find those ways to take shorthand jokes out from the because I'm on bomb uh, defense the whole set because I don't do happy topics ever until yeah. the middle. Like, but the beginning, I'm coming out swinging. Then the the it gets to my jokes about me, and then we get kind of ha ha. Let's settle down and laugh at me. Then oh shit, he's talking about them. He talking about that. Yo, shit, he might talk about me next. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can feel it coming around the room. Yeah, so it's like those, but the, I try and fight the bombs that way. I got jokes that, because a bomb for everybody is different. Because, I, I mean, some what comics. Do you, what, do you, what do you mean? Some comics that get a bomb, like, no laughs. So they think if they got one laugh, it wasn't a bomb. Yeah. I've those seen, comics yeah. make me, I get yeah. furious because yeah. my definition is different. So yeah. I can't say they're wrong. Yeah. E- even even getting laughs throughout, but if the energy is not there and it's just uncomfortable. And, and, and on top of that, when you're working, I can tell when I'm working and I can tell when the wind is on my back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, you you know that from time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when you're working, nigga, you, you just put 15 minutes of material into six, seven minutes. You know what man, I'm saying? That's when you threw the material, don't you? Man. And then but but when you when you coasting, like you you just fucking around and you still getting off your opener and you just rounded 13 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like it's you can feel that energy. But I have seen people like that. I mean, that's 
that's the you were talking about Facebook, like all that uh, social media shit. You'll see after somebody mm-hmm. just had a show, I just had a show, I just killed you, and you you thinking that. like, nigga, I was just there. I don't know because that's the. I mean, honestly, I I respect the ambition, but sometimes. My oh, friend, now ten minutes later, no, you no, respect. I'm gonna tell, tell you, it's a whole thing. Don't get on the word like. <laughs> no, no, you said you like that shit. No, no, no. I, I like try to do the. You know, I, and I I was telling a a, per, a girl, fuck it, I was with a girl earlier, and I was talking about that. She tried to take my words that I said to her a couple weeks ago. But love, I said, hey, motherfucker, don't do this. And I was with Rob earlier. He said, well, me, we was, talking, we was arguing. We always argue. And he like, well, I'm going to quote you. I'm like, if you quote me from five years ago, suck my dick. That's, that, that, that's like, that home stenographer shit. Yeah. Like, niggas so that shit. So like, 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 well, back down, in the day, like, you said you would love to host for me on my, if I headline. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm not, I'm not going to fucking go here. Notes. Yeah, I'm like, nigga, don't ever bring up some shit from back. It's like, like okay, man, okay, 25 year old me yeah. <laughs> would have loved that, but like, but I, uh, yeah. I'm on bomb defense because I realize that my jokes are so uneasy. I don't do happy topics. No. Like, I my first big laugh of the, of the evening is a slavery reference, and then <laughs> I have a police brutality reference in the next bit about parenthood because my dad's a cop and I'm like, well, we yeah. didn't really get along with each other you know him being a police officer me being a black child yeah. that tension and so yeah. everybody's like oh shit but I don't really it's not it's it's life but I'm making it sound like the most fucked up things I'm like ah oh, you know oh it is when you get pulled over and yeah. pray <laughs> running that stop sign because you're on your phone I I I live in some spots of being uncomfortable, but I'll at least try to... Those are the ones where I'll try to have it whip around and come back. So I at least bring some levity to it. I, I haven't got to the point that I could live in a, a lot of discomfort as far as me projecting to the audience. I, I, I've had I've I've had certain uh, jokes that I've done that I've learned how to, to, to get you to hate something... Or, or something you love to and something I hate to get you to see my side of it. I, I have yeah. gotten to that point. I do like that. That that's the antagonizing that I enjoy. I love shitting on stuff that people love. That's why I, I like my fuck Jesus and fuck Drake jokes. I'm just like seeing the look on black people's face. I finally but, got some jokes like that. Like I open it. I like to do statement jokes like the bird. I call it the bird approach, where the first sentence is to get your attention. Chris Rock does it too, but Chris Rock would not repeat the concept to you. I'll say um, I got a gay best friend, but it's a girl, so I still hang out with her. Yeah. And everybody's like, what? I say, you know how it is. If it's a dude, you don't want to read. That shit is stressful, man. Hey, don't you, then you do explain how being with your gay best friend, he yeah. goes to the bathroom, everybody looking at you like, nigga, we ain't together, man. It's my boy from school. Like, I, we can get lunch still, goddamn. I mean, granted, yeah, we held yeah. hands for half a second. But still, like, it's because we both reach for the salt. Like, it's not like, <laughs> it's not romantic. I don't care about the candles and none of this shit. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> but I know what you mean. It's that opening statement. And then once you put so many bullet points in it, by the time you get to the end of it, you got them on your side. And the same people who was like clutching their chest at the beginning, they like, they completely see. And that's the thing that I love about comedy. I always tell people. It's uh it's the acknowledgement of a universal truth. When you laugh, it's uh it's um what do you call it like when you like, hit your knee? It's a uh, reflex. Yeah, yeah, it's an involuntary reflex. And and it's a reflex of truth. That's why uh you can and that's why that's some of the last places where you can get some truth in a comedy. The problem is when shitty comics try to do that and try to do this Trojan horse shit, but you can see it a mile away. Or even if you can't see it, you don't care about it once it's presented to you. It's like, nigga, you took me on this long ass journey just to tell me this bullshit. But when when you first start 
it's so many things you hear as a comic that you shouldn't do yet, and nobody said like when you're think about when you're raising your kid, yeah. you'll tell your son or your daughter don't do something, but you explain why. Right. When it comes to comedy, it's these fucking weird ass parables you got to fucking decipher over the next five years. Like, yeah, you won't be ready for comedy until five. Years. You're not a real comic. So you do it for ten years. Like, okay, can you please explain that to me? What the fuck you mean besides serving ten years? Because I don't have to always serve ten yeah. years. Well, part of that is part of that is once you get through certain doors, certain people aren't they don't want to give up that knowledge because it took them so long to get through there. So they're like, why should I let why should I pull this person up behind me? And who's to say if this person has that that uh, tenacity in them? You know what I'm saying? Well, the comics like that's why I stopped trying to um, help niggas because. When you try and help some some of these guys, they look at you because men. It's the nature of man. Yeah, they eventually want to replace you. Yeah, or they yeah. eventually start to compete yeah. with you. If, if nothing less, they will compete. Women will compliment. I, I never was worried about Jasmine doing anything backhanded. Yeah, every little fucking dude, every guy I've met, I'm like, man, I can't show this nigga everything. <laughs> I can't let him know who I'm talking about. I got now, now that 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 ain't a reflection of, of you. In what way? I'd be challenged. No, or maybe insecurities you might have. No, I've seen it happen. Like, if I'll do a show, then I, a show, I'll, like, I'll try and do a spot. Yeah. I'm like, I'll try and do it. I'm going to try and do a show there. Cool. That's what's up. Then you see somebody else doing a show there. You're like, dude, I just told you I was going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I thought yeah. we was brains. I thought we was going to build together. And this, especially here, because there's no opportunities here. So if you see one, you think you got to see yeah, it. Yeah, people try to leapfrog off of, yeah. Like, think about how many rooms we've had where the people who will complain about clicks are in a click who have that room. It's like, well, my room is fucking the UN, nigga. Anybody can yeah, come here. It's like an Adam Sandler movie. Like, I already know the cast of this show. Yeah, like, if you see it, <laughs> we'll never, I'm doing names, but you see some people, you know, they're putting a show on, it's only eight people they know. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, that's not fucking shit. But you guys will talk about everybody else. Oh, we're, not, we're not in clicks. We guess you you are the click. And when you, and that thing I don't, I, I, well, thing I try not to do, I've tried not to do is, uh, when you get in that rotation, like we we're all in this uh, little pond here in the city, mm-hmm. and you you get to know people's sets, and that's one of the things that like uh, always made me try to keep writing or at least riff or something. Because if you if it, if at least twenty five percent of the crowd then heard this shit within the last month, it's like. Yes, you got to work out jokes, but you will see some people. You're not to me. You're not working out a joke if you don't do a different inflection at a certain point, or if you don't trim, try to trim all the fat off it that you can, or if you don't. I've had jokes that I, I was working on, and I was wondering why they didn't work, and it was a long form joke when it was really just supposed to be a quick short form joke, and it was like, and I just chopped everything off, and then vice versa. I've had shit to where you try to have it be a quick little quip, but you realize you start pulling at it, and it's five minutes in there. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But it's so many shows like that to where you'll see somebody keep repeating that same set, and you're like, you're not working on this set. You're doing it the exact same, and, and not, and I'm not saying like I know the Holy Grail, but like once again, when we're doing these smaller shows, yeah, we're doing a show, but we're working on this set. If that's if that's new, or if it was new for a while, but the first time I heard you say it is the way you said it. Once you perfected this a year or two mm-hmm. later, you not, you didn't work on that joke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You shit something out that you got happy with, and you stuck with it, right? And then got scared to say something else because this part of my. 10, 20, whatever the fuck minutes. So what's your what's the one bomb that you saw 
Or you've been a part of whatever your worst bomb, whether you were you were the bomb or you saw it. What was your worst uh, bomb witnessed or experienced? Uh, ooh. <laughs> well, I, I'll do the one, the one I was going to tell you because I actually forgot about it. I, it's one that I want to say, but I don't want to like shit on nobody. But Don't say names. No uh, names. Okay. Or I think we can black out names. I don't it, like names on here. All right. If, we could, uh, if I could squeeze these two in, but I will say this was one of... My first biggest like bomb, but then when I learned how to bomb. Okay, so I had a show uh, with Spider. He was, he had some show he was doing in like, uh, and I'm born and raised Cleveland. I know Cleveland like the back of my hand. You know how, why, how somebody would get you an address and you like, nigga, where is that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it was like in one of them, uh, it was in a bar in one of them back streets as you're going up uh, like further north than uh, St. Clair. But you're up um, past fifty fifth. Breno. No, no, not not that way. I'm you're you're just outside of downtown. Oh, okay. So you're in that warehousey Chinatown. type of area. Uh, north of that though, when you're getting closer to the lake. But some random ass yeah. corner bar. So we get we get in there. And then as soon as I walk in, you you could feel a vibe and I'm like, oh here we go. It's gonna be this side. And this was the first show where I had to do like I think it was fifteen or twenty minutes when I was doing five, ten mm-hmm. minutes most at the time. So I'm like, so like so you so know I put all the five minute sets together. <laughs> nigga, you know every second of this twenty minute set. So every the the quote stage is just this little circular, couldn't be more than a four by four, three by three, like diameter, whatever the fuck. And um and it had a pole. So I guess this was like a part-time stripper place when, when niggas were renting out. You know how people like have cabarets or just renting out and have fucking stripper night or whatever. <laughs> I guess this. And then, but nobody's at the pole, but that's the stage we're supposed to be on. There's a couple dudes in the DJ booth. It's a bar, and the bar is facing the the wall and windows, and they got the TV zone because it's the playoffs. It's Cavs game. Oh, and it's, it, it's it when, yes, when LeBron was here. So this was like... This was 17, yeah. Oh, after the championship. Yeah, Fuck yeah, you. yeah. That's yeah, trash. Yeah, So, So uh, it was exactly how shit that I've heard on like radio and shit like that. Game is on. Commercial come on. They cut the sound off the game. They give me a cordless mic. I'm like, all right, go up. <laughs> it was so out of body that I, I went back in my body. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It was like full circle, nigga. And then you just stand there. And it's the shit when you start telling jokes and everybody's back is already to you. And then a few people would turn around just to see who, <laughs> who's yelling at their back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and then the game come on. And then I'm trying to do shit. But then it got to a certain point, like about three to five minutes in, that I knew this was just like, nigga, it's just stinking. So I started kind of commenting on the game. And then I started getting a few laughs there. And then, oh, yeah, and this bar is hood as fuck. Of course, in Ohio, you can't smoke. These niggas smoking weed in the bar. This girl was smoking weed. I was like, let me hit that. She let me hit the weed. Then we're going back and forth with that. And then I'm just bullshitting to the point to where then I see Spider kind of giving me the the choke, like get, get off stage, wrap it up shit. And then I end up getting off. And then I'm like, fuck, I'm hoping, like, I hope I did my time. And he was like, nigga, you did 23 minutes. And I was like, so that was the first time, like, I, I've heard Bill Burr say this, that I learned how to bomb gracefully. You know what I'm saying? Especially with a fucking playoff game in mm-hmm. Cleveland, nigga. <laughs> like, you want to do a game, or you want to do a game like in Boston when the fucking Patriots is playing, yeah. you know what I'm saying? This last game they just lost. Imagine that shit. Oh, we're doing the game after that. We're doing the show after that. Yeah, yeah. So oh, what's that was the first like big one. But then when I when I realized that I could I could survive one. You so know? what's the one thing 
Come on, wrap it up now. What's the one thing that you have put for your bomb defense? Like I, I work on bomb defense all the time. Like what can I do to make sure if I feel them slipping? Yeah. What do I? How do I fix that? What's your one thing that you always like? Yo, if I get, if I get in the pocket, I know I can always put on my tight end. I was, I was about to say like um, is once again like sex. Like when I when you feel that nut coming, like I just slow down or stop. <laughs> like and, and then. Uh, and try try to kind of let whatever come down, and then um, and I do it subconsciously more now. But you just start to kind of riff. It's like my material obviously ain't working. It's the same, mm. and I, I'm a be I'm my brain is going to react quicker to the outside stimulus and give something more than like because at that at that point you're at a podium reading a speech yeah and it's and once again just like sex if you've had that time when you're just going in and out and she's just there like okay this obviously ain't working so you stop eat her pussy do something but but i just i stop <laughs> you collect yourself <laughs> yeah it's like cause I, i'm i'm not i'm not gonna keep flailing <laughs> like, like i'm y'all not fuck with me let me just go pussy real quick yeah like <laughs> how like, y'all doing tonight <laughs> We're almost single ladies. At <laughs> this is foreplay, bitch. You better play along. Oh you my know, God, that's funny. but you, but you, you got to do I, the the thing that's uncomfortable to watch other people bomb is when they stay and they set. Oh, that's uh. now. Don't get me wrong. You're gonna be in it to a certain degree, no matter what. But when you verbatim trying to hit that same rhythm and time while people are talking, it's as painful to watch. <laughs> it's 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 like nigga, pull the ripcord. Pull the ripcord. I, I eat pussy when I get by. When I start bombing, I start eating the crowd's pussy, man. I'm like, hey, man, what y'all need from me? If I'm here to serve, what we, what we doing? <laughs> All right, man. Uh, shout all your social media. It's gonna be in the um, uh, description also. All right, so yeah. get in touch with you. Uh, John Armstrong on Facebook at John Armstrong Comedy on Instagram. Uh, yeah, got a got some shit coming up. Well, average like hilarities and prop shit, but trying to build off of that to do more stuff and do some more shit around the state because I'm trying to hit them uh, funny bones and everything else because. I, I, I like you said, I've been hearing that, but I don't have that contrast of audience. I just have hilarities, improv contrast, and then mm. everything else. Oh, it's that's, you know, funny. well, I got funny stuff, but no, to me, but funny stuff is like it's the best place. That's any that's like uh, funny stuff is a professional Palmer show, you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know what David means, I love it, but I will say, uh, that was a great episode for me. I'll talk about all the other. shit. Off record. <laughs> <laughs> Cut off the hot mics. Oh, yeah. After the hot mics off, I'll tell you more about um, how to do certain shit. <laughs> That's what's up. Hey, man. I look out for you, man. I like you. Hey, man. <laughs> One of these guys got to work, nigga. Somebody put throwing that rope over the thing, oh, yeah. nigga. Cause it's it's, like, and that's that's one thing I remember. I was telling a comic when I was still more so doing um, bars and just trying to book bars, and it's like, uh, it's too. It's crowded down here. I mean, it's crowded up there too, but it's crowded as fuck down here, man. I I, I want to like you want to at least get get to the part of the bucket to where you ain't in the mud, nigga. Like you still go be. It's all I. I don't trust me. I don't think there's a there there to where it's oh I'm here now and everything's whatever. But still, like at a certain. It's like relationships. It's like okay, we we we've passed this. We're <laughs> we're past hand jobs. <laughs> like at, at least we can say we're not. So that's yeah, that's my motivation to keep pushing this shit. Because I don't want to be in certain um, conversations or certain like oh how come blah 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 and like all that gossipy shit and 
Fuck that. I'm, I'm, nigga, I'm trying to work. Nigga. I'm trying to do some shows and trying to grow and like the challenging yourself. That's the best. Like when you could laugh at your own joke, like nah, nigga, that that <laughs> that's a that's a gym. It's like a little a baby. Like I love that shit. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to Friday Late Show. This is John Bruton, John Armstrong. Good night. This episode of Friday Late Show was produced and edited by Jeremy Demery of Golden Ox Studios.